0: Anyway, um, before we get into the show, I want to talk about my sketchy Xbox Live uh, 12-month subscription deal that I just did today. So (laughs) I was in my daily emails with Ken and Dave and Justin, and um, I had received an email over the night saying, hey, your Xbox Live is about to expire in September. I was like, okay, well I need to go get me one. I was like, hopefully I'll find one cheap. And then Dave just chimed in and said, Hey, I found this cheap one here. And I went to the other
1: I was gonna jump on it.
0: I mean it works. It's it's weird. So you go to this website and it's got like, you know, gaming systems, all these different types of deals going on. And I'm like, okay, it looks legit. So I went ahead and ordered it. And the first thing they do is, well, we accept PayPal and you have to go through a a few hoops just to put in like your credit card. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go through PayPal because it's, I guess, safer that way. Plus, you know, I've got a PayPal account. So I jumped into PayPal. And it was weird because I, I hit okay. And then it takes me to the PayPal account and I have to log in. But before I was even able to log in, I got an email saying, we have confirmed your order for the Xbox Live thing. I was like, that's weird. So I went ahead and logged in and paid the company or whatever with the PayPal. And it said it's going to be charged to – I can't remember what the name of the company was, but it was totally not the name of the fucking company, the, the, the website that I ordered from.
1: Yeah, the things that come up on PayPal sometimes are really screwy.
0: Yeah. And I was like, well, that's really fucking weird. And so then I looked up the company that PayPal like PayPal paid and I found this forum of like, yeah, I found this deal for Xbox Live on there. And I was like, I don't know if it's legit or not. And people were talking about like, yeah, they called me uh, to confirm because they wanted a telephone number. And and I was like, okay, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, and about five minutes later, a code showed up in my inbox. I'm like, okay, I I was thinking I was going to be sent an Xbox Live code. Like, sent one in the mail. Huh. Um, so, about probably five minutes later, I get a telephone call from New York City. And it is an automated call. And it says, like, press one if you were the one who made this order. I was like, okay. And then it says, all right, answer the following questions as accurately as you can. And it said, the amount that you purchased this product for, is it closer to A, $15, B, $90, or C, $30? And I was like, okay. So I hit three and I said, thank you. And it hung up. And I was like, well, what the fuck was this? And then another three minutes later, I get a email with, he says, here is your Xbox Live, you know, code. And it said, please use it as fast as possible, as soon as possible. I was like, okay. And they sent an attachment to the email of somebody had scratched off an Xbox Live card and took a photo of the code and sent that photo through an email.
1: (laughs) That does seem kind of sketchy.
0: And then I plugged in that code into Xbox.com. It worked. I've got another year subscription. Weird as shit. (laughs) So that was what happened. It was $31. That's how much I paid for it. So, I don't know. If you want cheap Xbox Live, there you go. I mean, it, it, it seems sketchy, but everything checked out. I used PayPal. I saved all the emails just in case something comes back on me, but that's it. The, the forum that I looked up the name of the actual company, um, the forum mentioned that it was a, a website that's notorious for, uh, wild farming, wow gold farming in World oh. of Warcraft. And I was like, huh, this is kind of sketchy now that I think about it, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I might just pay the extra ten or twenty bucks. I don't want my identity stolen.
0: Well, if they steal my identity, they're not going to get jack shit. So (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants to be Drew Leachman.
1: Uh, Little do you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. There is another Drew Leachman who is actually a professional baseball player. (laughs) I've been. I. It's weird because I, you know, every time you Google search your name. Um, I Google searched my name probably back in 2008, something like that. And I saw that there was one other Drew Leachman who was from, I think, Alabama, and he was a rising star in college baseball. And I was like, interesting. So every six months or so, I just Google my name and look up this Drew Leachman, And come to find out, he made it to the minors, and I think he's actually played a few games in the majors. For who? I don't know. In fact, let me look it up. Interesting. I'm at a computer right now. Why not? In Alabama, that's
1: not that far. You should go visit him.
0: That would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Drew Leachman. Uh, Let's see here. Fort Myers Miracle. I don't know. Let's see here. He played for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Um, in 2011, he played for the Minnesota Twins. There you go. Um, and then he was moved down to minor league. Uh, since then, he has been released from Fort Myers Miracle in 2013, so um, his his career may be over. Unfortunately.
1: Well, he made it to the bigs. Most people can't say that.
0: That's true. But anyway, hey everybody, welcome to Phoenix Down. This is uh, episode number uh, 41.2. And we are finishing our playthrough of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So refinish. Yeah. Which we just did not even twenty minutes ago. Um, let's see here. So we got a lot to cover. We we left off at the end of chapter two, and we're going into chapter three. And uh Big Boss has to make it to where they're housing uh Peace Walker itself. So after his encounter with Doctor Strangelove, uh he now has to trek I think like ten or fifteen miles to uh to the area where they're keeping it. And it's kinda like in a crater, like a old like uh mineral mine, I think. Yeah.
1: The mine to cover.
0: Yeah.
1: Or was it a real mine that was just just then converted into a base?
0: I think that's what happened. I could be wrong. Let's see here. Um, Snake reaches the mining pit where he observed Peace Walker itself descending via cargo elevator to the underground base for final testing. As he made his approach, Snake was spotted by a kidnapper drone, uh, which then targeted a shitload of people. That we have to fight in a mission. Um, And I think what they wanted us to do was sit back and try to snipe these guys. But I don't need to do that because I'm big boss. And I'm just going to run up to every door where you guys come out of and just judo throw you guys.
1: Yeah, see, I I, I went through this level in pretty much like 90% of the game just with that MK-22. So I did I, I did too. Dealt with them shooting at me and I just ran up as close as I could and then just started popping them in the face with the MK twenty two. Actually for this for this level I might have actually switched. I think I had the uh the Trank sniper rifle. I think I might have used that in this level.
0: I did use it once and then I was like, ah, this is stupid, and I'm just gonna run up to him. So we uh beat all those guys. Um And then uh, the other AI uh, weapon shows up, Cocoon. And it enters the pit to finish off Snake. Forcing Snake to destroy the gargantuan tank. So this thing is unlike any of the other AIs. This thing is like a... It's a tank, basically. It's not really a flying or mobile very mobile thing it doesn't it's move it's like a fortress i mean yeah. we've had
1: tank battles and those tanks are roughly nine feet high you know i don't know 15 feet long yeah things like 40 feet high it is some kind of monstrosity of a tank if that's what we're gonna call it
0: yeah it's it's gigantic and it can't really move that well
1: yeah this was the point in the game where i started to The bosses started to get much easier, I thought.
0: Yeah, um, for the most part. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it later. Peace Walker, number two. The second fight with Peace Walker took a very, very long time for me. Which then again, maybe I was doing it wrong, which I kind of was, which we'll get into. So we fight Cocoon. We have to climb on top of it to get into the AI pod. And um, this is when I finally learned that, hey, I'm not actually gathering the parts of these things. I'm actually gathering the AI cores of these things. Like when you're in the the, the AI pod pulling out circuit boards. And I was like, oh. Because I, I, for the longest time, I was like, how do I finish Metal Gear? That was the biggest thing. I was like, I want to finish Metal Gear Zeke so I can use it on the outer ops. And... I was like, what am I missing? I'm missing leg parts. So I kept shooting the shit out of the legs so that they would show up on the the boards whenever I pulled them out. I was doing that wrong, apparently. You're not supposed to shoot the legs because that will destroy them and you can't use the parts.
1: Well, so I thought it was a little bit different. I thought... So you do do both. You, you pick up the AI parts from inside the pod, but in these fights they also do drop pieces in their entirety like you don't pick up pieces for the gun I, I didn't i just got the gun whole as an item after the fight with uh the last one before this the chrysalis
0: yeah that's that's how it's supposed to work you you like
1: if, if you, you shoot the gun it's less likely to drop the gun yeah. but it's more likely to give you gun ai parts correct
0: and I don't need AI parts. I need parts itself.
1: But the but for all of the core pieces of Zeke, I think you build it yourself out of those AI pieces.
0: I mean, kind of, but at the, at the end of the game, I'd already had like three spare parts for each part of Metal Gear Zeke. So I was like, all right, well, if anything does blow up, I can just rebuild it. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It was weird. I, I was like, it, so was a random drop if you get a leg part or a brain part? And I'm just like, well, what the fuck's the point of shooting the damn thing?
1: So, yeah, I thought you built the parts yourself out of the AI components. Maybe not. See, I thought it was the extra stuff like the dome and the railgun that you would get whole and the leg parts you constructed out of the AI. Maybe that's not right, but.
0: Yeah, it was like because it, it was like a random drop. You'd get AI parts from pulling the circuit boards, but then at the bottom of the screen it would say, "Oh, you got a leg part or two leg parts," and I'm like, "Okay, well," and it's just random how you get those. Mm. I was like, "Well, what the fuck is this?" It's much like Monster Hunter, where it's a, kind of a random drop when you carve an animal that you killed. So, but anyway, we we beat Cocoon. And then we go down into the facility itself. Um, Sneak around there. And run. We go to the part where. Peace Walker is being held. But it's actually an ambush. Strange Love is there. Along with. Hot Cold Man. (laughs) And. uh, On top of that. Uh, Zadornov is there. Zadornov reveals that, oh, I have been working with these assholes all along. Actually, no, he reveals that he is kind of working with, like the KGB wants to take over this operation. We used him to, to infiltrate it. And now the KGB's going to take over because snake starts seeing like, um, Russians, the the Russian guys. He starts seeing Russians around, and that's weird. And they also captured Paz. So, because I couldn't find her, is that what happened? Matt, are you there?
1: Yeah, hold on. I just got distracted. I just bought a TV a week ago, and this cat just broke it.
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: What the fuck? I hate this.
0: You want me to pause it? Well, <laughs> oh, I mean, there's nothing I can do. I mean, Bro- like, straight up knocked it off the, the counter and everything? Like, off the stand?
1: Like, bolted in this room and launched up onto the TV in order to climb up on top of it? But it's a flat screen, so there was no climbing on top of it. So he jumped up, attached himself to the front of the TV, and then the TV with the cat fell forward. And the TV just smashed into the corner of the stand it's on and busted the front of the TV.
0: Oh, shit. That was the one you got with the Xbox?
1: Yeah, that was the one I just got in this deal with the Xbox. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Well, it's not like there was anything defective with it. Shit.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, man. I think it's time to get rid of the cat. I'm
1: I'm kind of in shock right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Brand new TV is now a piece of garbage.
0: Have you tried turning it on?
1: (laughs) No, but the screen is fucked. Oh, God. I wonder what'll happen. Oh Yeah, it won't Oh no it will.
0: Is it all fucked up?
1: Oh yeah. I'll send you a picture after
0: the show. Okay. <laughs> well shit, man. I'm sorry.
1: And these TVs are so cheap it's probably not worth getting it fixed. probably gonna cost as much as the TV cost.
0: I know. Well you got an Xbox One at least, huh?
1: Yeah, what a deal. $550 Xbox One.
0: <laughs> did, uh, did did You still got the old TV, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Good thing I didn't ship it to my parents yet. I
0: know. And
1: that TV I've had for like five years. nearly a problem.
0: Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You, you, you want to keep going?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. Small
0: detour, but
1: nothing
0: yeah. I can do. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> pause. Pause is missing. Yeah, pause is missing. Um <laughs> just like, I didn't hear anything and you were gone. I was like, Oh, are you still there? <laughs> oh, anyway. So yeah, pause they got they got pause. Um. Or no, they don't have pause yet we have to we, we 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 get captured i forgot about that we get captured ambushed um and um strange love uh takes us into a torture chamber and shocks the shit out of us because she wants to get the full story on what really happened with the boss
1: not the, that, not the first time we've been tortured
0: yeah not the first time anybody's been tortured in this game in fact Well, four didn't have a torture scene. Kinda. Two kind of did, but he never got tortured. Yeah. Um,
1: scene was like the torture scene.
0: Yeah. So um, he he gets tortured. She's wanting to figure out um, what has happened. Um, what really happened ten years ago. And uh, Snake's not breaking. He's not going to say. He keeps saying that she was a traitor. She betrayed her country, betrayed him, and he killed her. Um, And she's wanting to get this information because of sheer curiosity on top of she wants to complete the AI. She wants to fully complete the AI so that it will be able to, it will basically be the boss. And then we take him back to a cell where we have to escape. And for about, th- I-, I went through three different torture sequences because yep. if, you, if you stay in there long enough, they just are. It's time to get tortured again.
1: Oh, you mean three sets of torture? Yeah. Three sets of three?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Three, three, like three. Like she, uh, I'm talking, you know, she zaps us three times, but. Right. When we go back to our cell, if you stay in the cell long enough, a guard will come and it's time to go get tortured again. Yeah. I got tortured three times. Oh, damn. Yeah, I got tortured twice. Because I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. I'm also, I guess I figured it out, but
1: I'm really confused as to what happened. Yeah. Pulled a piece of wire, but where did you pull it out of and why was it there?
0: he pulled a jigsaw out of the scar that he had. Oh, it
1: wasn't wire. I thought it was wire.
0: I, it said jigsaw. It could be wire. I don't know.
1: Cause I mean like an actual jigsaw. How does that, how does that in your body and you just pull it out?
0: I don't know, but he pulled out a jigsaw and we were able to cut the lock. And that explains the scar.
1: So it was embedded in his
0: chest. Yes.
1: Intentionally for this purpose. I think so. And was it knowingly reminiscent of the boss's scar or was that a coincidence?
0: I think he did that on purpose. Okay. One of the interesting things though is um, like since I got tortured so many times, the dialogue kept changing. And Snake, like, the the third time where he was getting shocked and shit, he just kept telling her, he's like, he he wouldn't even say anything. He was just saying, just kill me. He he kept saying, just just kill me. I'm done. Kill me. And she was like, I don't hate you anymore. I was like, well, that's weird. (laughs) And then finally I looked at GameFAQs and says, oh, look in the mirror and you can pull out a jigsaw. I'm like, what? And then I looked in the mirror and he pulled out a jigsaw. So
1: I, I was I was pretty confused as to what was going on right there and that I'm like alright I guess I'm out of the cell but I don't really know what happened.
0: Yeah. So uh let's see here. Da, 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 da. Snake later awakened in a prison cell where he was tortured by Strangelove on whether the boss had truly died for her country or if she was indeed a traitor. Snake's refusal to talk, however, gave her clues she needed to complete the Mammal Pod's programming. After falling unconscious, Snake came to a cell and used Strangelove's ID card to free himself. Recovering his gear, that did not happen. But anyway, recovering his gear, Miller informed Snake... That he had uh, been unable to contact Paz and that she and Galvez uh, were not at her school either, suspecting that Coldman may be behind their disappearance. Snake returned to Peace Walker's hangar, where his suspicions were proven correct upon encountering said station chief and a captured Paz. Uh, let's see here. Coleman proudly told Snake of the mammal pod's completion, thanks to his interrogation at the hands of Strangelove. He then revealed that Peacewalker's first target would be MSF's mother base in the offshore area of the Caribbean. The trade winds would then scatter the nuclear fallout all throughout the region, causing fish and crops to die out, leaving many free hands to contribute to Peacewalker's mass production. Before the test, Coleman intended to first demonstrate to the White House Peacewalkers all-terrain capabilities by having it travel by having it travel the Caribbean coast on its own, traversing both communist and guerrilla territory. Coleman then departed with Paz, with Snake becoming distracted by Peacewalker's sudden activation, which began to ascend aboard the car- cargo elevator. To the mining pit above. So. Coleman has. pause. Um, they flee. He activates Peace Walker. And uh, Snake. Decides that he wants to shoot at it. And when he does that. Um, the. Peace Walker has a. a kind of like a. Self defense mode. Where if it ever detects anything. Hostile, it will automatically change its um, priorities to whatever is trying to attack it. Meaning snake. And I have to say, when they first, when when Peace Walker was coming up out of the out of the underground through the uh, through the elevator, that whole scene was kind of pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you know, metal gears. I mean, that the design. I guess it's not very exotic, but. I like that it's still blocky, and you know, it's an old Metal Gear. It's clearly more in line with the Metal Gear from Metal Gear Solid One than, say, something sleek like a Ray. But uh, you know, in general, I like the Metal Gear designs in here, and it was cool the way it comes up. I like the I like the way that they sort of zoom you in a lot of these boss battles right before it cuts. You know, when you get there and you get the scene of the boss fight in the mission prior to actually fighting it. Yeah you get often that one really good shot with a sense of scale where that thing is just like massive in front of you.
0: Yeah. There's always that, that iconic picture of snake standing in front of a metal gear and it's like, you know, three stories taller than him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get that really cool scene and then we have to fight peace Walker. Um, the fight. Wasn't that difficult? for me no I mean again with cocoon I
1: thought the cocoon was the easy one of the easiest fights in the game this this fight I mean I don't know I, I for me the hardest fight was the very first one the one that kind of looked like a shagahod the pupa right that was the hardest one for me maybe I just hadn't acclimated to the game enough yet mm-hmm. but once I had the FIM and I could lock on like these battles I didn't think were all that hard
0: you see, the thing is, I didn't really like the FIM that much. I mean, it let me lock on, but it was slow to lock on. It was slow to fire. The Carl Gustav, man. I fucking loved that one. Because when you pulled the trigger, it was, that rocket was pretty much already hitting mm. the target. It had yeah,
1: no. It just took so long to reload.
0: Yeah. So uh, fighting Peace Walker, we we beat it, kind of. Um, It eventually begins to retreat um, and go on to its primary objective, which is launching that nuke at the MSF base. Uh, Let's see what we got here, because I'm going through the fact because we have a lot to cover. Uh so Snake immediately fired upon Peacewalker whereupon the Mammal Pod entered in self defense mode and retaliated. The bipedal Peacewalker then opened up its smaller weapon launches and flamethrower. After a grueling fight Snake dealt sufficient damage to the machine to cause its momentary collapse to the ground and its AI to begin behaving erratically. Coldman's Hind D then fired a few rounds at the Mammal Pod causing Peacewalker to enter a uh God, quadrupedal formation? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. When it's on all fours.
0: And uh, began following the gunship across the mountainous forest. With the boss's horse returning to his aid, Snake gave chase to the peacewalker. Walker.
1: Um, oh, shit. When Why would you try and take a horse up a cliff like that? I don't know. Of course the horse is going to fall backwards.
0: Come on, Snake. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we we go through that little scene of having to dodge missiles while on the on the horse. Yeah, that lasted way too long. Um, so you're evading missile attacks. The trees collapse around them. However, as Peace Walker approached the uh, Nicarag- Ni- Nicaraguan border, Nicaragua. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> um, the street continues. Uh, Snake's horse loses its footing on the steep slopes. Though Snake was relatively unscathed, the horse was gravely wounded, and he was forced to shoot the animal dead. Uh, Scaling the hillside himself, Snake watched helplessly as Peace Walker crossed the Rio San Juan. um, By kidnapping MSF's client... Uh, Coleman hoped to prevent the group's interference with Peacewalker, speculating that he was aware of her connection to the KGB with Galvez. Snake and Miller assumed he would also interrogate her on Soviets' plans to disrupt, disrupt the weapon. Meanwhile, Amanda and her Nicaraguan compa- compas of the guerrilla popular propaganda tracked Peacewalker toward the U.S. military supply base on the southern eastern shore of Lago something. To cross the border, Amanda told Snake of a route uh, that the FSLN used to cross by boat and arranged an introduction with the captain. With information provided by Huey, the MSF realized that Peace Walker would launch its nuke from the U.S. base following two days of preparation, which can which coincides with the upcoming U.S.-Soviet SALT II Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty talks in uh, Valdosk, uh, wondering whether Coleman planned to disrupt the negotiations or use it as a bargaining chip, the MSF planned preparations to infiltrate the base and prevent the launch. So, yeah, so a a meeting is going on where both the president and the vice president are meeting with Soviet leaders. Uh, to talk about Cold War shit. And um, Coleman knows that you know, if if a nuclear strike were to happen, it would fall onto the president to make the call to see if it would be a deterrent. Uh, and then it would make it on the vice president. He realizes both those guys are gutless and says that he knows somebody who would But he wants to test it all out. So then, that's the end of chapter... No, that's the end of chapter three, yeah. And then we go into chapter four, where Snake has to infiltrate another base in Nicaragua. Uh... State disguises himself as a crate and manages to hitch a ride in the back of a cargo truck. Um, and so we infiltrate this place. Um, and like, truth be told, I didn't want to do this. I was like, I'm kind of at the from here on. I was I was ready to, to to fight Peace Walker. I was like, I'm done. I'm I'm ready to fight Peace Walker. Boy, did was I misled, which we will talk about later. So, um, Snake discovered uh, kidnapper drones and Soviet soldiers patrolling the American base and was mystified at their presence. Entering a security room, uh, Snake found pause on one of the video monitors who informed him that Coleman was headed for the comm tower in order to input the final data for the Peace Walker's launch. Uh, and when that happens, Snake gets discovered, and so begins one of the most tedious missions in the game. Which is everybody knows where you are, there is no sneaking, and there's a ton of guys shooting at you. And you gotta go through four different areas. And at the end of it, you have to take on a helicopter.
1: Yeah, that was the only thing that kind of annoyed me. Because I'm, you know, I died on this level, but I died because I couldn't progress, not because I was not up to snuff on this level. Meaning, I got all the way to the helicopter fight, but all I had been carrying with me was my M K twenty two and my M sixteen. I couldn't, I couldn't take down a helicopter with that.
0: You know that there was a, um, there was like a, a heavy machine gun mounted that you could use.
1: Yeah. That was outside of the safety of that hallway, though. <laughs> and uh that helicopter had quite the machine gun on it. It did. I didn't think there was any way I could just stand out there and use that turret.
0: But when we made it out there, it started playing Heaven's Divide. And I was like, well, this is kind of Kojima-like. But I was at that point where I'm fucking done with this game. I don't care if it's got a cool moment in it now.
1: Really? See, I was still really excited through the end of this chapter. You know, th- this level, you know, all right, it's a bit annoying, but it's essentially the end of the game. And after this, we just fight Peacewalker. So I was okay with one hard level here since most of the levels are sort of absurdly easy. Yeah. I mean this is this is the climax essentially. This is the hardest level and then you fight Peacewalker and then realistically the game's over. <sighs> Not technically, but realistically.
0: Yeah. Well we'll we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, I, I for some reason I was just like, Jesus Christ, I'm just ready. This better be the last like oh God, we're
1: building. We're building.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, looking at anything, you know, Peacewalker's next. And then that's it.
0: Mhm. Or so we say. Yeah. So um, we make it to the comms tower. Um, and Snake encounters Coleman and Paz, but was quickly surrounded by dozens of Soviet soldiers. Coleman proclaimed that Snake was too late, having already input false data regarding a Soviet nuclear attack on the United States mainland. Since Peacewalker was solely a deterrent, it was incapable of commencing a preemptive nuclear strike, so it was necessary to trick Peacewalker's AI into retaliating to a perceived threat, which would select optimal targets to a predefined list. False data had also been reverse engineered to have Peacewalker inevitably shoot Mother Base as its target. Coleman believed that Peace Walker would be the first and last nuclear retaliation of the Cold War, and that it would be the only way to ever come close to true peace. As he prepared to input the combination code via a briefcase handcuffed to his arm, also known as a football, uh, Snake pointed his rifle towards him, ignoring the surrounding soldiers, until they were interrupted by the appearance of Professor Galvez. Uh... Snake and Paz both realized that Galvez, real name of Vladimir Zadornov, uh, had been in league with Coldman all along. However, Zadornov then announced the successful occupation of the base by his troops, and the soldiers present subsequently pointed their weapons toward present. Present, subsequently pointed their weapons towards Coldman, having previously supplied technology to the peace. Sentinels in exchange for land and soldiers. Zdornow had planned to take Peace Walker for himself and launch a nuclear strike at Cuba instead. Uh, A nuclear weapon launched from a United States missile base located in a country with a pro-American regime towards one of Soviet's greatest allies would cause anti-American sentiment to spread throughout Central America, splitting North and South America apart and bringing the Soviets one step closer to winning the Cold War. Coleman was outraged. Um, but they're surrounded. So then Zdornov comes up to the platform and puts a gun in Paz's hand and says, won't you shoot Coleman, reminding her of the torture she had suffered at the supply facility. Coleman apologizes to her and Paz could not bring herself to fire. Grabbing Paz's hand, Zadornov pulled the trigger of the gun and shot Coleman twice in the chest, though he deliberately avoided a killing blow. Because he's that good, apparently. Uh, Zadornov then forced him to place his red discet into the nuclear launch briefcase and ordered Strange Love to change Peace Walker's target to Cuba, threatening to crush her beloved, should she resist. Finally, turning to Snake, Zadornov remarked that he was a true commandante taking a ragtag group of rebels and children, turned them into a formidable army, providing additional momentum for the revolution. Uh, so his death at the CIA hand, similar to Che, 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 Gareva. I can't pronounce that guy's name. Uh, Um, would strengthen the Sanadias rev, resolve and overthrowing the pro-American regime with the nuclear launch at Cuba being the last straw after the announcement that the mammal pods data entry had been completed. Zdornov told snake that he would just die like the boss died at an eternal, as an eternal fraud. But before that could happen, the MSF storms the place and uh, took out all the Soviet soldiers, Amanda uh and Chico show up, and um they're all just triumphant and happy, and you know fire machine guns in the air kind of deal,
1: just in the nick of
0: time, just in the nick of time uh and uh having accomplished their goal of returning to Nicaragua with snake's help, the san Andreas began to chant vic boss in celebration, which I guess is victory boss. I
1: don't
2: know. Sure.
0: Sounds good. Uh, soon afterwards, the MSF began their return to Mother Base with Zdornov uh, and an injured Coleman in their custody, telling Miller that he would catch up later after he disposed of the boss's A.I. Snake was confronted by strange love. She informed him that she had only wished to learn the truth of the boss by bringing her back as an A.I. and that he should speak with her with it to learn it. Himself, uh, she also offered her apologies for having tortured Snake earlier, uh, and thanked him for eliminating the Peace Sentinels. So Snake and uh, Strange Love make up. Uh, you torture me. I'm used to it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, while uh, while Zdornow and uh, Coleman are being transported back to the MSF base um Coleman uh is able to um basically activate remote activate Peacewalker mm-hmm. and um then dies right afterwards um when that happens all hell breaks loose Peacewalker Um, starts moving on its own again, and it's now getting ready to fire at Cuba. And um, at the same time, the, the fake nuclear strikes, incoming nuclear strikes, are showing up on America's radar. So we get this scene of the Americans freaking the fuck out because uh, they think that nuclear strikes are coming and they're like, well, we need to retaliate. You know, if we're going down, we're taking the bastards with us. And so, Snake- yeah,
1: I like this part because this, you know, this has now been way elevated. It was just some local skirmish in Central America. And now you've got basically the U S and Russia are going to blow each other out of the water. Yeah. You know, again, I, I like the way that this part of it sort of builds up in, uh, in scale, I guess
0: and- yeah you, you this is something that you totally see in a movie, yeah, where you know you got guys in 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 the Pentagon saying, "We need to fire, and everybody's like, "No, don't do it, and you know snakes trying to stop it and it's it's pretty well done right here, so the only way to stop this is by destroying the AI um, that's giving off this fake signal. So begins the first battle with, or the second battle with Peacewalker. So Peacewalker is not only going to shoot a nuclear weapon at Cuba, it's also sending out the signal. So Snake has to fight and hopefully destroy the AI inside of it that's emitting this, this, um, signal. Man, this fight was like, a fight of the wills, because it was just it took me I swear to you, it took me like thirty minutes to do this,
1: yeah, I mean, it took me thirty minutes too, but I got it on my first try, so I didn't really feel like it was all that draining.
0: I got it on my first try too, but I had the issue of I got stuck in a corner with the fucking thing and then pulled out that fucking flamethrower and knocked oh, yeah. and knocked me out because it takes down your psyche and not your health. Yeah. And then you gotta, you know, you gotta wiggle the fucking left stick to wake him up. And this whole time I'm getting shot and shit like that. I was like, oh my God, this is just so annoying. Um, but yeah, I did beat it on the first try, but it was just, it was a long, long battle for me. And, um, when we beat it, Snake gets, um, you know he, he he he's able to uh, bring it down, so it's not moving anymore. Um, but the signal's still going. And the reason why I'd Strange Love basically says that it's when a, apparently they describe it like sometimes when you destroy the brain of an animal, the body still works, and that's
1: yeah, sort of. Primitive and, you know, the, the sort of the instinct-driven part of the brain. Yeah. Not the logic-driven part.
0: And so the only way to destroy it fully would be to break the other pod. There was a mammal pod and then there was a reptile pod, I believe. And uh, the reptile pod is basically like, I guess, muscle memory or Instincts. Unfortunately, as Huey told him, you can't that that pod is designed to be indestructible. The only thing it can break is a nuclear warhead. So we go into the third battle with um Peacewalker, where Peacewalker's not really fighting back that much.
1: Yeah, it's sort of just sitting there incapacitated.
0: Yeah, you just gotta shoot it a bunch of times. Until finally, it just says, "Okay, you, you've shot it enough. Here's a cutscene."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like how they put that as equivalent. Like that's a fight against Peace Walker, just like the last one was. When really, it's just there's one fight, not two, and then you just finish it off here.
0: Yeah, because uh, when you when you actually the, the after the second battle, you actually go inside the pod and um, you're pulling. You have to pull out all the circuit boards. Uh, and while while you're doing this, the boss is talking to you the whole time.
1: Yeah, and getting like more and more crazy as you're pulling out her brain bits, basically.
0: Yeah. Starts speaking in Japanese and starts to spouting out numbers and stuff like that.
1: I thought that was kind of cool the way it devolves. Yeah. Like uh, GW.
0: Yeah, a lot like GW. Or whenever, oh yeah, yeah, whenever GW went nuts.
1: Yeah. But uh, I got one question about all these different parts. You know, when these bosses they have the pods. You you know you crack them open. You go inside. You pull out the bits. And then, after you leave, the pod kind of falls off, falls to the ground, and then has little like rocket thrusters and flies away. Where does it go?
0: I have no idea.
1: I kind of feel like.
0: We're missing something there, yeah.
1: Something like somebody's got to be collecting these pods, right? They got they got to be going somewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, but um, they never explain it.
1: <laughs> I guess maybe back to. Well, no, they wouldn't have anything to do with Patriots, right?
0: No. No, they wouldn't have anything to do with the Patriots, I don't believe.
1: Right, so I don't... That's the only soda, sort of out-of-sight, out-of-mind group that I can think of that would do anything with these.
0: I don't know. That is a good question, though.
1: I wasn't sure if I was just missing it, because I'm like, all right, they could let the thing break open and, and like have the red light slowly go out, and then it's dead. Okay, it's dead. Yeah. But the Actually, like, rock it off somewhere, and like, it's got to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, um, after, uh, we're able to take out the, um, or, well, when we get the cutscene, after we beat the third time, um, Snake gets on the phone with, uh, with one of the guys at the Pentagon. And um, he's like, this is Big Boss. He's like, if you're really a Big Boss, then you need to tell me something that only I would know or only Big Boss would know. And apparently he was one of the guys that was in the Oval Office the day Snake got the promotion to Big Boss. And uh, he mentions the fact that he never shook uh, a guy's hand. I can't remember who it was. Um, and that convinced him to say, yes, this is big boss and we don't need to launch these nukes. It's fakes. And then, then another guy in the Pentagon pulls out a gun and it's like, fuck, you No, we're going to launch them anyway. Yeah. Um, that
1: was a power struggle. Yeah. I would have loved to see the aftermath, the conversation that those guys all have. Like, uh, I guess my bad. They weren't real.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> fuck you, dude.
0: Dude, you pulled a gun on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but what ends up happening is, um, the boss apparently still resides in Peace Walker and she takes over Peace Walker and forces, uh, the machine to go into the ocean. Uh, and in doing so, it cuts off the signal and um basically shuts down peace walker and that's about it and it rolls credits stakes a hero congratulations but during the uh the cut during the, the- Okay, I don't know where we left off, but yeah, Matt dropped and I had to stop the recording. But yeah, uh, what was I saying? I was saying something about the credits. But yeah, During the credits, um, it pops up and says that it will be continued in Chapter 5. Which I already knew there was a Chapter 5 because I looked at the fact, but I didn't know what happened in Chapter 5
1: not much is the answer.
0: Yeah. Annoying shit is what happens. So after you know the Peace Walker incident um Snake goes back to Mother Base and is continuously growing uh MSF. Um, and doing extra missions eventually will give you a new mission. Uh, where Zadornov escaped from the brig and Snake's gotta go find him. I hate these missions with a passion. Because I was done with this game and now I gotta do this shit. Not only do I have to go and find these monotonous missions where I have to just put on night vision goggles even during the fucking day so I can find Zadornov, but he spawns in different areas, at random areas. And there's guys running around trying to shoot you. But on top of all that, there's six of these missions where Zdornov escapes. And then, to activate those missions, you have to do extra missions. So it could be three, could be two, could be four extra missions before you get another Zdornav escape mission.
1: Yeah. You got here before I did. Yeah. So when you we were talking about extra missions. I was like, that's going to be a cakewalk for me. I've done so many of these extra ops. Whenever we get there, whatever the number is you have to have to unlock them. I've already got them all done.
0: Yeah. See, I didn't do that,
1: but that's not, it doesn't matter how many you've done. You no. have to do two to five, regardless of how many you've done before you get to this point.
0: Yeah. So, so you just I redo I them.
1: I thought I wasn't gonna have to do any of these extra missions. And then I did.
0: Yeah. Just redoing them. So what I ended up doing was was redoing a lot of the like the the the, the AI battles so I could get more parts for Metal Gear.
1: Yeah.
0: And oh my god, I was just so done. I did like two days of this shit. I was like it was yeah. like an extra like five hours of shit.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, this is what I did all night last night. I was oh, yeah. four and a half hours of just these random missions. I mostly did 12 because I got so good at popping the four guards and rescuing the one prisoner that, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was just doing like speed runs of it. I'm like, all right, 39 seconds. Let's see if I can get in 38 seconds. <laughs> and it was so short, and I was capturing a prisoner every time. And since they seem to have better stats than the normal people. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll just do all these runs. I'll get like 10 or 15 prisoners to up all my MSF levels. And you know, they were, they were pretty quick. You know, when the mission takes 38 seconds to do, you spend far more time in loading screens than you do actually playing it.
0: Yeah. So, and in chapter five, whatever the fuck you want to call this thing, I was like, fuck recruiting people. I pulled out a fucking Mac 10 with a silencer and unloaded on fucking guys. I did not care. My heroism went down. Did not give a fuck.
1: Yeah, see, this part was really annoying. But, and if you consider this part of, quote unquote, the game, it's awful. But if you consider the game to have ended at the end of chapter four, and this is just extra stuff, then all you would really do after the game ended is build MSF anyway. So it's really annoying if you consider it as part of the game, in my opinion, but if it's just extra stuff, then it's fine.
0: I don't see this as extra stuff because we don't get the final ending unless we do this as a doorknob shit. Yeah. Because what happens at the end of this game is directly like involved with ground zeros
1: and they call it chapter five. So it seems like they want you to consider this part of the game.
0: But the weird thing is, is that in order to get the final mission, the one where you fight metal gear Zeke, which, yeah, I mean, we'll get into that. Hell, we're already talking about it. Um, but in order to do that, there are so many fucking things that you have to figure out. So you have to do all the Zodornov missions, obviously, then you have to make sure a railgun is equipped to metal gear Zeke, which you can only get by fighting the chrysalis also you have to make sure metal gear Zeke is not in a group uh that's that's dispatched and the final zadornov mission is not even on it's not a mission you get you get a call from miller saying We can't find doorknob. He's escaped. And what now?
1: For the seventh time.
0: Yeah, for the seventh time. And we don't have any idea of where he is. So there's no mission that pops up saying finds doorknob. You have to figure out where he is. Couldn't find out. He's in the first extra mission, which is a shooting gallery. Target practice with no time limit. There's no reason to ever go to that mission again yeah so how somebody figured this shit out for the first time i've tipped my hat to you sir
1: and why the game would expect you to figure it out i do not tip my hat yeah because like yeah there's all these arcane requirements there's no way to know where the darn off is you also have to have your base at level two which isn't terribly hard probably by this point but if you're not there it takes a while you know yeah. If you just decide you're going to unlock level two and then you have to do like a dozen missions until it finishes building the second part of Outer Heaven.
0: Yeah, the only way to do that is by having your intel team up to level 40.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot you have to do. And if if you're doing a lot of stuff early, then this might be a little easier. But you're still never going to know where Zadornov is. Yeah. And I don't know how you're ever supposed to know other than just looking it up on the Internet. Yeah, which is the thing that makes me think that this isn't even really part of the game. Like if if it was part of the game, they would have told you. So I'm really confused by the way this is structured.
0: I, I don't know. The big thing for me is, is that you go to the shooting gallery, you hear him laughing and you don't even do anything in the shooting gallery. You actually go up the stairs, which has nothing to do with the actual mission itself. And he's there up the stairs.
1: I like when he shoots his rocket arm at
0: you. Yeah, so he's he's got a gun. He's shooting at Snake. Snake decides to take him out. He shoots him, and uh, he falls over. And right before he dies, he shoot, he does a rocket punch. He shoots his 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 prosthetic hand at Snake and misses, and then falls over dead. But come to find out, what actually happened was was that Zadorov, as well as Paz was working for a separate group. Cipher. Cipher is the name of it. Uh, And uh, every time the doorknob was escaping, Paz was actually going around the base and both trying to sabotage as well as reprogramming Metal Gear Zeke. So Zeke was using AI technology. It was an unmanned vehicle. But she has been able to change it to where she could actually control it herself. So she has climbed into Metal Gear Zeke and gives Snake a proposition. Either A, join Cypher and become the military arm of Cypher, or B, we're going to kill you and destroy NMSF, and then take Zeke and uh, the nuclear warhead that we put that they put on Zeke, and take it to Cipher. And Snake's White will fuck you. And so we fight Metal Gear Zeke. Also, Pazza's name is Pacifica Ocean. Her real name is Pacifica Ocean. Which I guess is better than hot-cold, man. How little. So, we have to fight Metal Gear Zeke. I'll have to just go ahead and say myself, this fight is difficult as shit by yourself. If you do this fight solo, you almost have to perfect it. Because... I did it somehow. Um, luckily, there's some things to help you out. There is uh, two stations that you can go to. One station actually allows you to mark Metal Gear Zeke, and basically uh, Mother Base will fire rockets at it. It does damage and stuns it. Uh, and there's also another um, terminal where you can order two box cardboard boxes of supplies to come in. But if Zeke is on the same platform that you're on, that thing is going to target you with everything and, like, like slide kick you and all sorts of crap. Apparently, what you can do is you can go back to the mother base um, before this mission and remove everything except the railgun from Metal Gear Zeke. So if you don't have the rocket boosters, she can't do, like, the slide kick. Oh, yeah. And if you don't have the uh the radar disc on it, she she sometimes misses. So you could do that to help out. But it makes man, sense.
1: it's it's your own creation, so yeah. you power your own thing and then it can't be
0: used against you. But man, this fight was difficult as shit by myself. And then Matt texted me about two hours ago and said, "Uh, I haven't beat Zeke yet before we record. And I was like, well, you want to co-op it because, hey, this game has co-op. And we jumped in and beat that fucking thing in maybe ten minutes. Yeah, S-rank, easy. Yeah, we S-ranked that shit. I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I spent all night last night going through Chapter 5. I mean, I spent about five hours total between the four and a quarter last night and then just... Finishing up the last mission today. So, you know, I had about an hour left and I'm like, all right, I guess I can probably take on Zeke, but I probably wouldn't have beat him. So I wouldn't have seen all the end credits before we recorded.
0: But yeah, I can't believe you made it. Like I I was for, I was, well, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say, I I thought it was cool for an end battle. I mean, it's big, it's hard. It's a metal gear. Yeah. Yeah, It was a, a fair conclusion. And then you do get some crazy bits afterwards.
0: Yeah. So um, after beating Metal Gear Zeke, um, Paz comes out of the cockpit and falls into the ocean. And um, Snake and Miller are, uh, I guess, (laughs) having their mission briefing.
1: Yeah, I don't know about Miller. He's like, yeah, I stand behind you, Snake, but really I'm going to pull all the strings and you're just my pawn.
0: Uh, I don't think so.
1: I mean, he, he says, I'll do what you want, right, repeatedly. Yeah. And then he's the one who got everybody there. He knew who they were all along, never told Snake. I mean, I'm not saying he's doing it maliciously, but he's clearly – I felt like at the end of this game that Snake was his pawn.
0: Kind of, and Snake was kind of pissed at him. So Miller tells Snake, I knew who Paz and Zadornov were to begin with. I knew they were working for Cypher, and I brought them in here because if I didn't, you wouldn't have built MSF the way it is now. He needed motivation to actually expand the company or the the country, whatever you want to call it.
1: And it's cool because that's kind of the last scene when very early in the game, he's like, no, I don't want to even do this. I don't want MSF to be that big. I don't want to take off on clients. You know, I don't want to be guns for hire. Yeah. And then, you know, the last scene of the game is, yes, I've given into that idea and we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. So, um, but on top of all that, Snake's like, all right, we're going to be a world power. Um, in fact, we're going to be a nuclear power because we still have a nuclear warhead with Zeke. And, um, kind of accepts that. He's like, all right, what's going to end up happening is we're going to start our own. He said, we're not going to fight for ideology. We're not going to fight for, for anything. We're so, we're going to fight for ourselves. And we're
1: going but
0: okay. Yeah. And, How do you
1: put yourselves without, any kind of ideology.
0: I don't know. It, it made no sense to me, but
1: it's like we're going to fight with no reason. <laughs> we're not going to have a reason why we fight. We're just going to start shooting people.
0: Well, apparently what he, did you stay after the credits or no?
1: Yeah,
0: he did. And where he's, you can hear him talking to his crew. He's basically saying we're going to be mercenaries for hire, but we want to do it to better the world. We want to do it to bring peace to people who can't defend themselves.
1: Is that not an ideology?
0: It is. I don't know. Kojima just says he's stuff.
1: young. He's confused. Let's Yeah. See. Let, let's see what he's like when we get to uh Metal Gear Solid 5.
0: Yeah. So, um they've basically created this separate small country and um the world now knows about them and he said that this going to upset a lot of people especially during the cold war so he said we're going to be hunted but we're going to hold our ground and that's basically how it ends um i do like how they're in the the credits it uh it comes up and it shows all like what happens from like nineteen seventy something to basically it ends with two thousand five. Casperai Miller is killed by an unknown assassin in his home, <laughs> huh. and I was like, oh well, we kind of know who that unknown assassin is, but whatever. You know, it. I, I'm pretty sure it was Gray Fox before. Yeah, well, it, it happened in 2005, which was when the um the, God, the the Shadow Moses incident happened, and uh beforehand they wanted to like if you remember correctly, um in Metal Gear Solid Four Eve mentioned that they rescued Gray Fox, her and um, Naomi did. Uh, from from Foxhound, and uh, I I'm guessing Foxhound was was programming him to do stuff, and I'm pretty sure he was the one that went and killed both paramedic and Miller, and then they reprogrammed him whenever Eve and Naomi got a hold of him. I think that's what happened. Okay. I could be wrong. Well, Miller's dead in 2005. So there you go. <laughs> and it wasn't really Miller talking to snake. It was liquid. That's all that matters. And that's the end of peace Walker. I'll be honest with you. I was having a decent time. And then the last five hours of that game happened. Yeah. and I left kind of on a sour note.
2: Yeah,
1: I would agree. Especially because of the way it did build to that crescendo at the end of chapter 4. The world is at stake. That should have been the end of the game. They should have given you the craziness after that, and then let you do the zadornoff missions, if you so choose to. Yeah, Not as required gameplay.
0: So... I don't know. I thought it was okay game. It's not my favorite Metal Gear. By any means.
1: No, it's not my favorite Metal Gear either. And, uh, you know, I, I thought in general for a PSP one, it was really good. Yeah. It's certainly a, a more complete package than Portable Ops with a better story than Portable Ops. Um, And it did some things well, I like the way the game sort of... This and 3. So to me, this game strengthens 3 a little bit. Yeah. You know, because it builds off of 3. It expands on 3. You know, it's directly... You can't appreciate this game without having played 3. Because so much of this emotion is based on the end of 3. So in some ways, I think it does add a bit to to Metal Gear Solid 3. But what I think this and 3 do do well are the emotional bits. So 2 and 4, you know, and again, maybe it's just the voice actor, but every time something sad is happening and Otacon is crying, <laughs> it's not sad. It's corny.
0: Oh, Christopher Randolph.
1: But, like, in this game, you know, there, there was sadness in this game that was just animated teardrops. But because there was no awful awful like heaving sobs like I I thought that the sad parts in 3 and Peace Walker are far more impactful than the ones in 2 and 4
0: yeah I could be I could go down with that
1: and in in, in this game you know again because a lot of it builds off of I guess you would still argue the one of the emotional the the most intense emotional points in the series is the end of 3 And this whole game is sort of based around that point. As far as that (laughs) expansion, I'm still okay with that. I still like that. Although, I I still don't really get what the girl's relationship is with the boss. And by the girl, I mean... uh, What's her face that we recruited? Pause. No, the other one. Oh, Amanda? No... The one that was like S- a S- child, us.
0: Oh, Chico. No. What are you talking about? Wait, wait, what?
1: The AI designer, the female AI designer.
0: Strange Love.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, if you remember, at the end, there, Strange Love and Huey apparently had something.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't really. That whole conversation didn't make any sense to me.
0: I have a feeling. I don't know.
1: When you can get yourself to walk, then, then, you know, then we'll be together.
0: Yeah, and then it shows his fingers walking. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I didn't understand that conversation at all. Yeah. I was like, wow, she hates cripples. Now, but sure, I know it goes deeper than that, but my first impression is, wow, she hates people who can't walk.
0: My feeling is, and I don't know if it'll be announced in Metal Gear Solid 5, but I have a feeling that Strange Love and Huey have how
1: well oh, yeah it would make sense
0: i think they i think that's the mother and father of otacon
1: but again they, you know they hinted at how close she was to the boss
0: yeah i don't know yeah i don't know that relationship at all
1: right so if that if that was sort of one of the big missing links for me emotionally because y- we already know how much Snake loves the boss, you know, in in whatever capacity he loved her. And now we're being told that this girl does as well. If there had been some kind of intertwining of their stories, I don't. I felt like there was something there that could have pushed it a little bit farther into "Holy shit!" You know, the boss really was the best character ever. I don't know. Mine. It, f- really, it never really happens for me.
0: My take on this whole thing was: I don't think Strange Love actually knew the boss, like like met her. I think she researched the boss and became obsessed with her when trying to make this AI. That she needed to know what happened between Boss and Snake. I don't. I I honestly think she kind of went nuts. Yeah, while researching the boss, because she had to know everything about her, you know, all the way to every decision that she made, and I'm just like, so she became like this crazy obsessive person about this this dead soldier. Yeah, so I mean that that's that was my take on. I was like, maybe it was like that, maybe because I don't think Strange Love is that old. Like, Strange Love looked like she's probably in her mid twenties, which means she would have been like a early teen if she knew the boss and that was right whenever the boss died I don't who knows Uh, she may be in her fucking 40s I can't tell yeah she doesn't look that old you know so I don't know but uh, I don't yeah
1: so as much as I thought like the emotion was fairly well done the the animated comic book cutscenes were well done. I just, there was one part that I thought was really funny when he was being tortured and his chest was heaving. You know, it wasn't like his chest was moving independently of his stomach. Like the left half of his chest and the right half of his chest were moving at different, you know, one was inflating while the other one was deflating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That whole thing, I was like, I, biologically, there's something weird going on in this man's body right now.
0: Well, I, I didn't even notice that. What I was noticing was that every time he was getting shocked, you could see like his skeleton. I'm like, really? You're doing that cartoony, getting yeah, you know, getting shocked, and you're you're seeing his skeleton.
1: See the Roadrunner?
0: Yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's the end of Peace Walker. We're gonna move on to Ground Zeroes.
1: I don't know that I loved it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I do really think that all of the recruiting adds a lot to the game and I, I can't wait to see how they're going to play that up in, in the phantom pain. Yeah. So version iteration two of that
0: idea. I have been looking at a little bit of the phantom pain, not much, but apparently um, you like, you're going to be recruiting guys to your, to, I guess, outer heaven. Cause that yeah. was, that was the just, big,
1: you sent over with the, with the horse poop.
0: Yeah. So you're recruiting guys from outer heaven. You're just, you're stealing equipment. You're stealing guys, stuff like that. Uh, and, um, people on your friends lists can steal guys from your base. Yeah. And then you can steal their stuff too. And I'm like, that's a whole nother can of worms that I don't even know if I want to get into. Because I will get trapped in this whole, fuck you, I'm stealing your guys and not actually progressing in the game at all.
1: <laughs> Which could get annoying, but I mean, I could have spent easily 10 to 20 more hours playing uh, this game, Peace Walker, before ever finishing it.
0: Well, yeah, that's and- what I did. That's what <laughs> I put, like, the first time I ever played this game, I guarantee you I put at least 10 hours into the game.
1: Yeah. How long did it take you? To finish it this go around,
0: uh, I beat Zeke at around sixteen hours, I think.
1: So I was about at twenty five. Of course. Yeah, but I mean, I, I played so many of those extra missions; it was insane.
0: I did a lot of them too. I had to to unlock the fucking Zadornov shit. God, that's the worst part of that fucking game. Oh my god. Yeah. So, um, we got a bunch of emails. Um. Let's see here. Uh, let's go with this one. The first one comes from Alberta. And it says, uh, Dear Drew and crew, uh, Great show, guys. I can agree the pacing can be offsetting for some people, but when I first played it in Iraq, it was the right type of Metal Gear Solid game at the right time. Later in the game, you can revisit the completed levels and do different challenges for instance," One challenge uh, would be don't kill anybody or not be seen. I hope Matt enjoys uh, those side missions. I'm very glad to hear. It said Sophie, but I'm, I think he's talking about Jamie um, is playing along as well. As far as the similarities between Peace Walker and the Phantom Pain, it'll start to come become clearer as you go through the game. Uh, from what you heard at gamescom i haven't i've been on pretty much a media blackout for that game so anyways uh always uh looking forward to the uh, next show and you all enjoy the next sections of the game ps not for the show but i have this game on my ps3 as well so if you want to link up or uh, play diablo uh, and he has his psn name uh, thank you for that email um but yeah I'm yep. on I'm on a complete media blackout for for the Phantom Pain.
1: Yeah, me too. I I can't wait. I'm ready. You know, if it, if it was here tomorrow, I I'd be so much happier. But, <laughs> you know, I I'm basically not going to spoil myself and pretend it comes out tomorrow. You know, I'm I'm not I don't want to spoil anything before this game comes out. I'm I'm I am pumped.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got another email from Samuel or Sam in Seattle, um, who I have known for friggin' years. This dude has been listening to N4G podcast for years since he was a teenager, uh, who recently just got married. So congratulations, dude. Um, I said, what's up guys, Sam in Seattle. Uh, firstly, I'm stoked you guys decided to go through the whole Metal Gear Solid series because I have always wanted to play through it continuously, but I needed some encouragement. Listening along is just that because everyone has a different play style and finds different things in these games, so thanks.
1: Yeah, it is cool to play, play along with someone else that is.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy doing this Phoenix this Down so much is because I just you know it's fun playing something and then talking about it. This is um, Also, last episode, you guys were questioning earlier on in Peace Walker when Snake runs into Dr. Strangelove. She commented to Snake uh, that she knows he likes cigars, but there's no smoking once they enter the room with the boss AI. She is snorting snuff and offers it to Snake as a substitute so he can get his tobacco fix since there is no smoking around electronical components. Snuff is just tobacco snorted. Dip goes in your lip and chew is chewed tobacco leaves. I'm curious myself if there were hallucinogenic additives or not, but I don't think it was specified in the game. So yeah, uh, William on Twitter also mentioned to us about, I went through a whole fucking Wikipedia rabbit hole about fucking snorting snuff. I did not know that existed. I was under the impression that snuff was a dip you put in your lip. So, uh, it says I'm enjoying peace Walker, but I think hurrying through it definitely isn't the best way to play because I feel totally unprepared for boss fights and I struggle with them. Maybe getting older means I'm starting to suck at games. Sounds like drew. You don't have, <laughs> wait, what sounds like drew. You don't have a problem with any of the boss fights. What about you, Matt? I uh, can't wait to talk about the Phantom Pain craziness come September. Later, guys, have a great show. I think he worded that wrong, or maybe I, he did mean I suck at games, which I do suck at games. don't
1: we'll have any problem with it, but and he and he was. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mentioned this earlier, but for me the hardest one was the pupa battle.
0: That's crazy. But
1: after that, I, I don't know, I just kind of figured them out. Probably the very last battle would have also been hard except we co opted it. But but the ones sort of in the middle there when you first fight Peacewalker and Cocoon, I thought those were super easy.
0: Cocoon was pretty easy for me. Um Peacewalker the first Peacewalker battle was alright. Peacewalker two was the one that really gave me a trouble. It didn't really give me trouble, it was just it was just long and drawn out. Yeah.
1: That was certainly that. Yeah. For me, I felt like it was really long, but it was long because there were long stretches of of time when it was on the other side of those hangers, and I just, I couldn't even shoot at it. Yeah. So I'm like, it was a long battle. It was a 30-minute battle, but probably 12, 10 to 12 minutes of that was just me waiting for it to come back so I could shoot it again. Right. It was kind of strange.
0: <laughs> See, my, my issue with the Peace Walker 2 battle was the fact that it had that fucking electromagnetic thing where it would yeah. it would ricochet rockets. So now
1: were you going into that battle also with three rocket launchers?
0: Yeah, and that's what fucked me up because uh. I'd have to wait for that thing to turn off, and I'm like, shit, that's what took so long with that battle too. So like oh, I said, I sorry. did I did play that game a little wrong.
1: Ever since the Chrysalis battle, because during the Chrysalis battle, it shoots out those little capture drones. Yeah. Ever since that point, I always carried the M16 with me in any of the boss fights. Yeah, and and it, it happened to work out well for that metal Gear, uh, for the Peace Walker two fight because you could still shoot it with bullets and it would still and that would work.
0: Right. Uh, we got another email from Jason. It says, uh, hey guys, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying this gem of a game. It's a shame so many people passed it up because it was a PSP game. After logging over 300 plus hours, holy shit. Uh completely completely optional on this. I think that this game is crucial to fully understanding and appreciating the story in both Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain. I would go as far as to say that if you haven't played an MGS game but are interested in the Phantom Pain, and could only play one Metal Gear Solid game to catch up, play Peace Walker, which I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to tell you guys that if you haven't done so yet, listen to all the tapes in ground zeros, as they explain what happens to a few of the peace Walker characters between peace Walker and ground zeros. Um, so here pauses diary also fleshes out the day to day atmosphere at the mother base when she was spying on us, basically. Uh, There are also briefing files in Peace Walker. If you go to the extra op above the mission prep option, you'll see briefing files go into it, hit the R button or whatever it is on your console, and you'll see a file library. It contains info and conversations that flesh out the characters even more. I say all this because the Phantom Pain might have some of these characters returning, and this info might be helpful to uh, the story to being understandable, enjoyable, and emotional. P.S., In one of the Ground Zeros pre-mission brief tapes, there might be a clue to a traitor in the MSF that is cause that is the cause of the mother's base spoiler alert for any of those who haven't played Ground Zeros. I won't say. Uh I won't tell you who. I'll let you figure it out on your own. Hope this will help make a the wait a bit easier. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much for that email. So even though Ground Zeros is an hour long. Maybe an hour and a half. Um, I don't want to spoil it because certain things do happen. Which, if you've seen a trailer for the Phantom Pain, you kind of know what happens, but not the extent of it. So we'll uh, we'll just leave it at that. We're going to do Ground Zeroes next week. I actually, booted it up today because I was like, "Ah, eh, let's see how this is." Um, and then the final email comes from Jamie. And Jamie says, <clears throat> my, my, my voice is actually going out this "Hi guys. Well, I didn't get finished up, but I'm having that feeling of, I did so much by really not that much. Yeah. I played Sunday through Wednesday for quite a bit each night, but going back, I didn't do much of anything. Really? I'm going to flip flop again on how I feel about this format. I guess now that I'm getting closer to the end, I just want to kill peace Walker and I really couldn't care less about clearing another area. So when I finished the first fight with Peace Walker and went through the whole chase, I was pumped and ready to have an epic battle, but then they made me go back and sneak through some base, and that annoyed me, so I turned it off. Okay. Uh, might have done a ten-year-old I might have done a ten year old, but I don't want to sneak through here fountain face. Anyways, hopefully I can get through tonight. Since the sniper battles Uh, since the sniper battles in this series have been my favorite boss fights, it was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed. The one in the mine pit, uh, it doesn't even make sense to snipe guys off. I pretty much just ran up to the door they were coming out of and made Swiss cheese out of them. I can't recruit these guys, so may as well have some fun. Actually, you can recruit them. You only have a very limited time to do it.
1: Yeah, I recruited a bunch of those guys.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so not to the point where I had to reject I had to stop recruiting people cuz my base was full.
0: Yeah, my base was full and I had to fire a bunch of like low-level dudes. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Da, da, da. The cocoon battle uh was the easiest battle so far. I managed to find a hiding spot up by a building so it couldn't shoot me except with missiles, but it marks you so you can easily get out of the way. Even the first Peace Walker fight was pretty easy and really reminded me of the first time we ever fought a Metal Gear in Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah, that was a really great moment. Uh, so story-wise, uh, while there isn't much going on, Snake got tortured, which is kind of to be expected for Big Boss. Apparently, even he even carries a jigsaw in his chest just for that occasion. Yeah, I still can't figure that out. Um... Yeah. That must have hurt even worse while he was being electrocuted. <laughs> maybe it was a non conductive metal uh somehow that gave Strange love the information that she wanted, although I'm not one hundred percent clear on that. Oh, and they have pause, which isn't at all surprising either. it just it's just not that the crazy twist storytelling I'm used to with the series,
1: yeah, it's certainly a lot more like three in that respect than two and four,
0: yeah. Uh, lastly, I hate bus- button mashing. I really hate it. And the last bit of Chapter 3 was filled with it. Urge to kill rising Homer Simpson style. I've got a hit triangle to get uh, while getting electrocuted to lift up doors and to kick the damn horse. It drove me nuts. And I just had to vent a bit about that. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that's really used as a, as a tactic. I mean, I guess the simple answer is they're trying to get your heart rate up. Right. Yeah. You know, it's intense. They want to get you moving, but it's always more aggravating than it is engaging.
0: Yeah. It says, but that's all I've got. I look forward to watching the rest of the extras on YouTube since I've got little patience left for this game. I'm ready to move on. I think Jamie, and then she also sent a picture of Homer Simpson with the, the, the urge to kill rising. Uh, thank you for that email. We got a lot of emails this time, and I'm I'm happy. This this I love seeing this. I want you to send more.
1: We're reaching our crescendo. Yes, we are. We are close to Metal Gear Five.
0: The year of the gear is almost up. So, um, yeah, you can send me an email. It's drew at ZTGD.com. I will read it on the show. Uh, we are coming up to Ground Zeroes. We'll, we'll do that next week, and then we're probably going to take a week off. Um, well, we could probably do some. I don't know. We we'll, we we'll, we'll play it by ear. We we just expect that once Metal Gear Solid Five comes out, you may not hear from us for about a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah. So we I made the-
1: kudos to us. I, I didn't think there was any way we'd get to the end of Peace Walker and not have missed a single week.
0: Yeah, we actually have two weeks buffer now. Um, But yeah, we're going to do Ground Zeroes, uh, which will be kind of a short episode, but we can talk about it because there's a lot of stuff that actually happens in Ground Zeroes. Um, And um, that's about it. Uh, You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm Drew. Drew, come on. I'm uh, DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the website and a podcast itself is at ztgd phoenix down uh yeah i'm i'm like i'm i'm still really really excited to see the phantom pain i'm i'm i've been waiting on this game for a while now um i wasn't i wasn't really hyped for it um per se i was like yes of course i'm going to get the phantom pain when it comes out but when we started metal gear solid one and just talking about our history with the game, like I I fucking love that. I I went back and listened to it a few days ago just to hear our, our actual history with our experiences. Whenever we first, uh, whenever we first experienced the game uh, as, as kids, basically Um, just how fucking groundbreaking that game was, you know, And, 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 how it opened up a new avenue for, for stealth games and, and games in general. Um, if there's one thing Hideo Kojima is, is an innovator. Yep. And, um, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. I'm
1: glad that you can get that kind of influence by one man, because obviously it takes many, many, many people to put these games together. And, many, many games also get sort of averaged out to whatever the you know, whatever will sell to the common denominator. And so I'm glad that one man with a strong vision can have enough clout to make a game that's this weird.
2: Yeah.
0: And that, you know,
1: this evident. Like Kojima's fingers are all over these games.
0: Oh yeah. You can you can recognize it right away that this is a Kojima game. Yeah. You know. So and it's And I'm also
1: you know, I'm I'm really excited for the Phantom Pain. Especially after this game, because going really from 3 to this, I have a far better relationship with these characters now. And I can't wait to see what these characters are going to look like in a full, like, cutting-edge game. Because this game, I think, is fun, and it, and it looks nice and clean in the HD version but it's still a PSP game so you know the areas are small things get a bit repetitive you know it's it's just not a full blown massive production like like 4 was was outrageous at the time so i'm really glad to I, I can't wait to see these characters in like the full detail
0: yeah i mean you get a little bit of that in ground zeros he looks pretty damn good in ground zeros Played much ground zeros to be honest with you yeah I, I i beat it um but uh let's see here i th- there's one thing i do want to mention um so snake was or not snake but um john big boss uh was born in 1939 um which means good god when does when does ground zeros take place 4 no, ground, not not ground zero's. Um, um, the Phantom Pain. Eighty four. Eighty four. I think. forty five. Let's see here. I I, I just want to make sure that that's the right date. Oh fuck! I can't. I'm I'm on the fucking wiki and I can't find it. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah so um so yeah eighty four so it takes place ten years afterwards mm-hmm. um so yeah he's pushing fifty and uh in the phantom pain so we'll see uh we'll see how it how it plays out you know we're gonna have um Keith Sutherland playing him which he he does yeah yeah well yeah I mean he, he I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna be big boss in that but I have a feeling freaking David hater is gonna show up I'm telling you mark my words I'm saying it right now on this podcast David Hayter is going to be a voice actor in the Phantom Pain I can almost guarantee it so. And you know, I will I I'll eat my words if he's not in it. But I I have a feeling like Kojima leaving Konami and stuff may be real, and and you know Kojima Productions may be disbanded or whatever. But the the David Hader thing is a smokescreen. It has to be. So, but yeah, we can speculate all we want to. But I think that's going to be it for us. We're going to come back next week. What's that now?
1: I said I needed to get here so we can answer those questions. I know.
0: Well, we got 11 days. I'm taking that Tuesday and Wednesday off. And if my GameStop is having a midnight, I am going to it.
1: I think I'm, I'm going to take that Friday off.
0: But the I, Friday I, the after first, it comes after,
1: out? Yeah, the Friday after it comes out. So, I'll you know, I'll just play a little bit Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then mm, no plans on Friday, but metal gear solid or Saturday or Sunday.
0: Yeah. At the moment. So be prepared guys We're we're at the home stretch, but that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening as always. And, um, send some emails in. We're still got ground zeros to talk about. Um, And then we're on to the Phantom Pain. But until next week, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will be back next week with the beginning and conclusion of uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes.
2: This is with